Today on CityCast Salt Lake, we are rounding out the week's news with a special graduation-themed Friday news roundup. And I've got two new diploma holders with me today. Judge Memorial High School's senior class president, Kurt McLaughlin, is back on the pod. And so is Amy Schaefer, a recent Salt Lake Community College grad who invested in going back to school for a new degree. It's Friday, May 13th, 2022. I'm Allie Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Kurt and Amy, welcome to CityCast Salt Lake. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Hi, thanks. Thanks for having us. Kurt, first of all, welcome back. It's great to have you back on the show. (laughs) Congratulations to you both on being fresh graduates. One of the most exciting things about spring is just like the graduation of it all. I know it's a ton of work. So congrats on getting to this moment. Thank you. Thank you. If you wouldn't mind. So I'll start with you, Kurt. Tell me a little bit about where are you graduating from? How'd you get here? How are you feeling? Uh, I'm graduating from Judge Memorial Catholic High School. Um, been here four years uh, mm-hmm. as customary. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's actually the school that my mom went to. Uh, it's really been in our family for a while. So it's definitely been an, a ride and mm-hmm. I'm really excited to graduate next week. Um, I'm going to be salutatorian in my class, so I have to give a little speech, um, but I'm excited. That is exciting. <laughs> Amy, what's up with you? What's your graduation story? So I actually graduated last summer, but I stuck around to take like a special projects media course mm-hmm. with one of my favorite professors, Marcy Young Cancio, mm-hmm. um, where we kind of dug into some radio stuff and some journalism stuff. So I kind of stuck around from that. Mm-hmm. I love it. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Okay, so every Friday at CityCast Salt Lake, we do a thing where we basically kind of do a little bit of a catch-all of like, here's what happened this week. Here's what you might have missed. Here's what's on our minds as we head into the weekend. And we usually start with the thorns and then we kind of get into the roses and then we shake it off and head into Friday. So the reason that you're both here is because this is sort of a graduate themed episode. And so I'm looking forward to hearing what's on both your minds right now. Let's start. Let's start in the thorniverse. Um, <laughs> Kurt, since you're a returner, you go first. What's on your mind this week? Okay. Um, well, I think something that is on probably everybody's mind this week has definitely been the potential federal abortion ban mm-hmm. uh, with the mm-hmm. recent leaked draft from the Supreme Court. Yep. Definitely. Yep. Been on my mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think particularly in Utah, this is a real fire drill because we have what's called a trigger law, which basically means Mm -hmm. a a law that is dormant for now. Um, But if a federal law changes would spring into action and it's pretty much an all out ban on abortion, except in cases of rape or incest or if there's if the carrying the pregnancy is of detriment to the mother's health and The thing about those clauses is that they are also tightly wrapped in quite a bit of red tape. So, for example, in cases of rape or incest, those we have to have a police report, et cetera, et cetera. And we know that reporting those those cases is low for about a million different reasons. So I think like nationally, it's been wild, particularly in Utah. There is a lot of unique fear. Yeah, it's a scary time, I think, to be. A person with a uterus in Utah. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know there's 
a rally this weekend on the 14th at the Capitol. Mm -hmm. For those who are Mm -hmm. interested, there was one last week that I had the pleasure of attending, and it was very powerful to be around so many young people calling out and speaking out for change. Yeah. Because it really is just more than a women's issue. Like we were surrounded by people of different genders, different sexual orientations, different races, different ages, different disabilities. And because it's so much more than just about abortion, it's a class issue, a race issue, a queer, a trans issue, a healthcare issue, a poverty Mm -hmm. issue, a safety issue. And it's more than just abortion. It's so much more than that. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because when we get into bodily autonomy and privacy laws, there is so much of a precedent that it can set that it's it's really scary. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. How did that news land for you this week, Amy? Um, I think, like a lot of people, I think it kind of hit out of nowhere. There's so much going on, and I think that was a little bit unexpected. Um, yeah, I literally dropped during the Met Gala. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like people yeah. are like, "Wait, what?" That came out of left field. Um, and you know, I have two daughters, and it didn't sit well with me and it's still kind of um taking a minute to wrap my head around it but i'm glad you brought up the trigger laws i don't think a lot of people quite understand what Mm -hmm. that means i think people are so quick to jump on this side or that side that they don't get the nuances of the trigger law or what that means and just like kurt was saying it's not just an issue for women it's it's an issue for for everybody. And Mm -hmm. I really worry about folks who have not access to a lot of things already Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, Planned Parenthood is such, even for students that I know, and um, I love being with all of these younger folks. And I've heard stories from them about just how services like Planned Parenthood literally save them. So, Mm There's just so many layers to it that I think people aren't really thinking about. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We've had quite a bit of coverage on this show because it really does feel like the only story this week. Um, But then I I feel like I'm constantly thinking that about things, right? It's like every story feels like the only story because it just it's wreaking a lot of havoc. Folks with decision-making power in this country right now, I think, are wreaking a lot of havoc. And so... It, it creates a lot of tumult and fear um, to the point of all of this, like graduating into that is, I think, probably really stressful and frightening. What else is on your mind this week, Amy? So this isn't brand new, but um, I have been hearing so much about curriculum being banned mm. in in high school. And I have a daughter who is a junior this year. Mm-hmm. at Jordan High School and they were the first school in our district to pull books and the complaint came from somebody who didn't even have kids at the school and they just started pulling books yeah and it's like what is happening and my daughter said she, you know she was in a history class and they were learning about civil rights and the teacher was like well I can't read from this article anymore so let's go to this website and when they went to the website it said blocked by the district oh. and it was civil rights. So I'm, I'm very concerned as somebody who's just a big champion for education and free thought and open discussion, um, that this is happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kurt, you 
gra- are graduating from a private school. So these kinds of like book banning conversations, I think my understanding is the judge is sort of exempt from it. But do you hear about this from friends in other schools? Yeah. Yeah, we definitely, we're a little special um, because we're run by the diocese. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if books are being banned, I'm not, I'm pretty sure that judge doesn't really fall under that category because we're not a public school. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that is something that I heard about. I heard about banning certain books like um, Toni Morrison's Beloved, which is something that I read in my AP literature class last year. Yeah. And it's those kinds of stories that talk about complicated issues and talk about race and talk about class and talk about oppression are stories that are important to hear, especially um, for students that may not experience those things in their life and don't know the privileges that they have. Um, So I think it's very troubling to hear that that is something that is happening in our own state. It's very reminiscent of older, darker times. You know, I I think of World War II, you know, banning books that were deemed communist, um, Mm -hmm. right? That's, I'm thinking Mm -hmm. of the right era. (laughs) Um, So it's very scary to see these kinds of signs of like authoritarianism creeping up in our reality. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like we're going backwards. Right. Yeah. And to your point about reading Toni Morrison's Beloved in an AP class, like this is a book that's on national reading lists. Like this isn't just a book. This is a book that is fully embedded in curriculums. Right. And so mm-hmm. it it does feel like time warpy and confusing and chaotic. And to your point, Amy, like this person was not a parent at the school, which is really sort of the cherry on top here. Yeah. And I would be quite curious to how many of these books that are being banned people have read. And just to touch on the flip side of Kurt's point about people need to see experiences that they don't experience, but also people need to see themselves reflected in stories too. Mm -hmm. So I worry, you know, about kids who feel like their experiences or experiences that they relate with are being banned Mm -hmm. because then they feel that there's something wrong with who they are. Yeah. That's very troubling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What was the response from the school? Like what, what's the situation now? From what I understand, and this is what really got to me is they immediately pulled the books. And so did, I believe, every other school except for Brighton High School in our district. Hmm. And I believe um, from what I read is that we have stuff in place where if a book is challenged, then it has to go through a review and this and that. Hmm. But from what I understand, that didn't happen. It was like they just wanted to appease the hysteria and they are pulling these books. Hmm. It's so interesting that you bring this up because I, I'm going to walk the line here. I'm going to share my thorn that I think is a rose, which is the related to what's happening in our schools and these conversations in schools. The Utah State Board of Education surveyed last year almost 64,000 parents across the state. And I read about these results in KUER. So shout out to John Reed for that reporting. And it's such a classic, like, based on what you're hearing, you have every reason to believe that the situation in schools is like a chaotic hellfire. And then you read the results of this survey of 64,000 parents, which is like one hell of a sample size. And 91% of them said they have a positive view of the school that their kids are attending. 
Most of them said they feel welcome at the school. They feel encouraged by the teachers to be a part of the school and the school community, like with the planning and whatever. And I just thought it was so, I mean, really, truly a squeaky wheel gets the grease kind of situation here, where to your point about this is not a teacher at the school that's coming in and raising hell about banning these books, right? Like parents in Utah, by and large, are happy with their teachers and think they're doing a great job and are happy to send their kid to school. And so I thought it was really interesting and pretty uplifting to read that. Yeah. And like you said, it's very telling. It's the squeaky, you know, Will gets the grease. And um, and I think that is happening a lot on a lot of issues is they're kind of appeasing the mm -hmm. hysterics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's been a greater emphasis on parents' rights mm. recently. Um, there's been a greater emphasis on parental rights through the legislative ses sessions. And mm -hmm. it seems to be coming from a very small population of parents, especially in regards to the survey. It seems that it's only a few that are kind of raising this protest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true. There was another part of the survey that I wanted to ask you both about. So um, parents identified, they were asked what they think the most common issue is that students are facing. And what parents said was, number one, bullying. And number two, tobacco use and vaping, which is like a very huh? parent thing to say. Yeah. Um, I'm curious what you both think about these results. Like if you were to name an issue that you think is the number one issue your peers are facing, Kurt, would it be bullying? What would it be? I I don't think it would. I mean, bullying is obviously a large problem that infects the school system. But mm -hmm. I think by and large, I think a larger problem is the education system itself. I think there are great systematic inequalities that face our public school systems, especially. Um, and raising, you know, all students to the same level and giving every student the same amount of care and the same amount of access and the same amount of quality education, I think mm -hmm. would be the biggest issue um, mm. in our schools today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amy, you're a parent and recently a student in an education system. What would you say? So I used to work for the newspaper. I was editor-in-chief of the newspaper at the college. And one of our reporters did an amazing story about how kids in the um, LGBTQ feel like their education is really lacking, especially in sexual health. Hmm. They'll hear, you know, maturation programs or they'll hear reproductive systems, but they never address or will they even say anything about, you know, queer, trans, anything like that. And so they feel like their um, their education is lacking in the second-hand experience I have with this at my daughter's school, I do know of uh, transphobia, homophobia, stuff going on, but it's not coming from the kids, mm -hmm. um, you know, where a trans kid has to go and change in a closet or, you know, they get weird looks or maybe don't get the roles or the opportunities that other kids are getting and it's it's very to me and to the kids obviously tied to you know their identity mm -hmm. and um 
I think that's a really big problem. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it's not coming from the kids. They're not getting these remarks from the kids. It's it's from teachers and staff. Hmm. Yeah. And I don't think anyone's talking about it. And that is sad. Yeah. Because I know the kids don't want to because they're afraid they're going to have repercussions. Right. I think kind of to your point earlier, Amy, about like having representation in curriculum where you can see your own stories reflected kind of ties back to that um, with this issue of LGBTQ inclusive curriculum and sex education. Like my school, we don't have sex education at all. Um, Basically, if you take regular biology, you'll get like a sex ed unit, but most students, like some students don't take it regular bio. Um, And I know from the kids that did take that class that there isn't, you know, LGBTQ is not mentioned at all. And like someone who is queer and trans themselves, like that was information and terminology that I had to learn on my own. Um, And hearing queer stories is something that's a rare experience and a a rare occurrence, um, even in a private school. And I think this issue of representing the diversity of a school in the curriculum it's a big problem and like we need to do a better job about representing all students that attend a school mm-hmm. agreed yeah well and to this survey's point about parents naming bullying as a top issue it raises a lot of questions about who's doing the bullying right mm-hmm. like we talk a lot about you hear this expression all the time kids are so cruel kids are so cruel like there is i think a little bit of truth to that like kids can be cruel we've seen that certainly in places like the Davis County school system but there is also this question of what are you sending what ideas are you sending your kids to school with and where does that start and what's the root of that and what is the role of teachers in providing guidance and support. And me most recently at a charter school in Lehigh this week, we saw a queer teacher getting suspended for going on TikTok and saying, I provide a safe space to queer students in my school. Like I can tell they come to me, they're sharing, they're talking. And the administrator saw her TikTok and put her on administrative leave, citing those conversations with students as being inappropriate. And it's like, well, if we're not discussing... If there's no queer elements in sex education or if there's, thank you, Catholic diocese, if there's no sex education at all or, you know, like where are students supposed to go for for resources? And so, yeah, it's it's teachers um, shouldn't be reprimanded for creating a safe space for their students. Right. That's, yeah. I think that is playing into kind of creating these like political boogeymen, right? It's like don't make my queer kid your boogeyman. Mm -hmm. Like, and if you're suspending a teacher for making a safe space for them, then you're just amplifying that thought that there's something wrong with them. Mm -hmm. And that's not okay with me. Yeah. All right. Let's get into some roses. Kurt, what is your, what's giving you hope this week? Yeah. um, What's giving me hope this week is an NPR podcast that I listened to that talked about, um, one of the first clinical trials for an HIV vaccine that's underway. It's not Utah specific, but it is something that um, gives me a lot of hope when, you know, the HIV epidemic was something that caused so much pain and suffering to the LGBTQ community um, in the 80s and the 90s and really still today. And the podcast was talking about how COVID has actually helped kind of put a fire towards using the MRA 
mRNA techniques to mm -hmm. uh, develop this HIV vaccine. Um, and so the, the person was talking about how a lot of people who are not a part of the LGBTQ community during COVID, this fear of like seeing your, your friends, young people dying beside you and wondering, you know, am I next? That kind of fear mm -hmm. that queer people know a little too well. So, mm -hmm. yeah. First of all, mRNA vaccines, like this is the future and it is yeah. really cool <laughs> technology. And I think it's exciting. It really mm -hmm. is. When I first understood it, I was like, oh, this is crazy. And to think about a time when the vaccine was being rolled out and if there wasn't so much chaos around whether or not we should trust it, I think we would all be celebrating how insanely cool the science was, but there just like wasn't space for that in the conversation. And I hope we can create more space for that in the future with more vaccines like this. But there was a piece in the Deseret News a couple weeks ago about how the CDC is warning that STI, sexually transmitted infections and diseases treatment and also screening really fell off during the pandemic. And so they have every reason to believe the CDC that cases are on the rise and that we're not getting tested at the levels that we were. And it is very American and very Utah to be like, we only we can only take one test a week. Like we're it's too right. much. Right. But um, it is a good reminder, like PSA, um, and thank you for bringing it up, is we should all get HIV tested. The Utah AIDS Foundation does really private and really sex positive testing Mondays and Thursdays from five to seven. And um, it's a wise reminder. Amy, what's giving you hope this week? Um, so giving me hope as we kind of go back to some of the stuff that was bringing me down is that there are young kids out there fighting against it. We've seen um, school walkouts mm -hmm. to help raise uh, awareness for trans rights. You know, we've seen, like Kurt was saying, you know, the rallies up at the Capitol um, regarding abortion, and you see so many young folks out there. And I think it's been a very interesting journey for me going back to school in my late 30s, and my kids are in high school. It just gives me this I guess, unique perspective of people of different generations. And, you know, you hear some people like just kind of give slack to the younger generations and they say they're lazy and they want handouts. And that is, that is not even close to true. They work hard. Like I see my fellow students, I mean, they're working two jobs, going to school, paying for school, doing what they can, mm -hmm. um, and they're still out there rallying for the causes that they care about. And that gives me hope. That really does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, throwing shade at the younger generation and just assuming that they don't work as hard because, like, they have cell phones and you didn't, it's very, like, it feels like it's very much about someone else's need to, like, actualize their, like, their worth and, like, what they've mm -hmm. got and why they deserve yeah. it. Um it's such a silly thing because I'm, I personally, I mean, I'm 31, but like, I am so ready to be ruled by Gen Z. Like, please run for office, take over, take <laughs> the reins. We are yeah. not crushing it. <laughs> We're not crushing it. Not even close. I graduated from the um, journalism and media program. And so we're having all of these discussions and we're, you know, we have people on the ground going out to these events and covering them and they really are ready to take over. Their ideas are fresh. They're unique. They're well thought out. I think they really need to be propped up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kurt, please take over. 
<laughs> Sorry. So we're counting on you. Um, Are you ready? Yeah. I don't know. Um, I hope we're trying. We. <laughs> I feel like my generation is a generation that has constantly been told since we were really young that like we're gonna have to save the world. Mm-hmm. And as That's someone who, as someone who's graduating high school and going into college now, I definitely feel feel this sense of duty to like work for a better tomorrow because it's kind of crunch time it's kind of you know we have this deadline i mean look at climate action like we have this deadline that we have to get to mm-hmm. and you know people who are in office now people who are you know 60 70 80 it's not going to be their problem it's going to be our problem and it's kind of our time to really step up and fix these mistakes from these older generations and mm-hmm. i think if anyone's going to be able to do it it's our generation i think we come from a a place of respect for all kinds of people this could be my little bubble talking but i feel like <laughs> my generation is a generation that accepts and welcomes people of all different walks in the, of life and mm-hmm. um i think advocacy is something that so many of us center our lives around um and our identity invokes this sense of advocating for ourselves and advocating for others so i'm really hopeful about the future i think if we have this much um fire as high schoolers and middle schoolers i can't wait to see what we do as adults um Mm -hmm. yeah same (laughs) total same okay last question for you both what's next create you first what's next for you you're graduating when do you throw your hat what's the date I'm graduating May 22nd. Okay. I'll be um, giving my salutatorian speech. It's going to be a time. I'm really excited to throw the hat. Um, And then in the fall, I'll be attending Columbia University in New York City. Um, Wow. And I, okay, (laughs) thank you. I'm going to major in political science and minor in race and ethnicity studies. Um, So I'm really, really excited. (laughs) He really is on the path to save the world, isn't he? I know. You really are. Yeah. We're going to be in an environment of people who who want to save the world. So I'm yeah. excited to, for that. Well, please come back. Please consider coming back to Utah. <laughs> we need, yeah. we need to, we got to figure out how to make this city a place where people who graduate from at all levels want to stay and contribute to the community building. Cause I think there is a bit of a brain drain here. And yeah. um, all right, Amy, <laughs> what's next for you? So I actually just started a job last week at um, KSL News Radio exciting. So I'm a digital content producer. Um, and that's been fun. Like every day I'm just learning a lot. And I'm thrilled that you're going to be in media. We need you. Yeah, I I am a media geek. And I also just have a huge passion for it. So mm-hmm. perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you both so much for your time today. Thank you. And I really thank appreciate you. it. I hope that you'll be back. And I wish you the absolute best and have a great weekend. Thank you so much. Great. Thank you so much. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Our lead producer is Nick Steffens and our producer is Diane Majapinto. Our newsletter editor is Madeline McGill and our host is me, Ali Vallarta. Music is by the fantastic local band Mitochondria. We'll be back Monday morning with more news from around the city. Bye. Okay, uh, that was the bell. I have to head out. Mm-hmm.